Hello and welcome to The Coolest Kids. I am one of your hosts, Terrence Wiggins, and with me is... Another host. Another host. host. <laughs> Another host is a, is a sequel to that Korean horror film, Host. <laughs> Joined by us today is... John Michael Bond. Wait, fuck, did I do that wrong? No, you know. did it right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't know if you want. I I was gonna say your name, but I was just like, I don't know if he just if he's gonna use his full name or if he just goes by John Bond because I really like saying John Bond. You can go by it John has Bond. A good, it has a good. Uh, it has a good mouth feel when you say John Bond. I have, John uh, Bond. Oh, that does feel good. <laughs> yeah, I've got cousins who call me John Bond, and uh, John Bond. I'm not close to them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh so, uh, John John Michael Bond is here to discuss with us the second Bayside album, their self-titled album. Yeah, the true masterpiece. Uh, it's a good album. Um, I I remember I have really weird um, connection with this album. Not well, like a memory of this album is that uh, one of the tracks was used on a Naruto commercial for Cartoon Network. What? Wait, really? So I, yeah, it was. Uh, uh, hold on, I can't remember. It's. Uh, <laughs> I think it's blame it on bad luck or. Oh man. Um, not blame it on bad luck. It's. Uh, that song's too emotionally resonant. To yeah. Use for, uh, anime. It's. Uh, it's <laughs> but they only play. It's just like the opening chords to it, uh, and that like sets the score for the rest of the commercial. But I remember like. I'd never really watched Naruto before. They were like, we're going to do a marathon of like the first couple seasons of Naruto. So I was like, I'll sit and watch this. And they just kept playing the same Bayside song again. I was just like, that's a, that's a Bayside song. Like who, you, like you, which you'd be surprised at... if you're a new listener, how often we bring up adult swim promos and the crossovers between <laughs> anime and the emo rock that we describe on here. It's like, what, it's like who, what intern was just like, uh, just like yeah, well, just anybody got a song we can use for this commercial? <laughs> I believe it's Montauk. It's Montauk. Oh, that's a hear. good one. Yeah, it is definitely Montauk. <laughs> um, it is definitely the opening to Montauk that they use in the commercial. And I remember that commercial just came on for like an entire week, and I was like, "That's definitely Bayside." Like, <laughs> real. It was real weird because like. The I, I don't feel like the crossover between the people who watch Naruto and the people who know Bayside um, would be. I feel like I feel like this is just you showing your bigotry towards Bayside fans, man. They, they, <laughs> they contain multitudes, you know. I, I don't want to write a comic Bayside. strip about what happens with this intern who's also allowed to pick the music, where they're like, oh, "We don't know how to pr- promote Attack on Titan." Something off Ocean Avenue. Let's yeah. do it. <laughs> Uh, I was gonna say I was gonna say Bayside is a cult. So yeah, uh, we can't make um, those jokes yet, guys. I feel like no, it does. It's, oh yeah, it's too deep. <laughs> Season two. Uh, so yeah, I I really like this album. I don't like every time I listen to it. It reminds me of being in my early twenties. Like it sounds exactly like. I guess early twenties sound like because the the third track he uh, he talks about being twenty two and I'm like fucking hell shit yeah <laughs> no it it one hundred percent 
feels a little weird sometimes to love it as much as I do. Uh, but it, it, I feel like it's, especially like in light of all of the abuse allegations and shit that have been happening in the last week. And God fucking damn it, Anthony Renner, if you uh, get outed in the next week after this podcast comes up and feel like a real piece of shit. Uh, I think the thing that like I really loved about that record is their first one is sort of a, a quintessential example of like a catchy band that writes really shitty misogynistic songs. And mm-hmm. the villain in the self-titled record tends to be him more than anyone else. And like, yeah, there's, there's definitely shit that's problematic on it. And I accept that. But um, it, it also is like it, it's a much it's much more reflective of like the things that he's fucking up on. And I tend to enjoy that a lot. Like it hit me at a place in time where I was trying to like work on myself for the first time and realize my own monstrosities, and I was just like, "Oh man, thank God there's someone else who realizes he's a piece of shit." Right. One of the, one of the things a- we bring up was on frequency on this show is what it is like to revisit these, especially when you find like the songs that you're like, "Oh, I put this on a mixed CD for a girl," and the uh, like the difference in the sort of <laughs> emo songs that are like, uh, "Fuck you, date me, or I'll kill myself," versus yeah. like. Uh, I feel bad about things, but maybe you should like me because cause I'm a bad boy versus like, like a, a, we, we, we have ref- previously referred to it as the Papa Roach problem of like the, the threatening to kill yourself versus the like, I'm, I'm taking introspection on who I am versus like, just here's a bunch of feelings. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I was, uh, huh? I was going to say, I was, uh, bringing up your point. I was, uh. I was thinking about that earlier when I was listening to this. I was just like, he's kind of weirdly like self-reflective on a lot of these songs. Um, but it's, it's also one of those things of just like, you can't keep being a piece of shit just because you say you're a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, no. And that's, and I think that's the thing, like I respect about it. And like, I want to be clear, like, especially on later records, like he, he revisited some kind of problematic things and like, he also, in the years since, is like reflected on the more fucked up lyrics that he's written. But like yeah. uh, me personally, like I've almost gotten a tattoo from the song "Blame It on Bad Luck" like a couple of times. Like I'm 33, <laughs> and that song. Like that, it's 12 years since that song came out, but like it still resonates with me in a really deep way. Oh yeah, because it's 100 percent just about like yeah, definitely a, a guy with um, vicious and like the lyrics who can't get over his own shit. Right. Uh, the lyrics uh, for "Blame It on Bad Luck" kind of remind me of um, uh, "For the Best" by um, Stray Light Run, mm-hmm. where it's where it's just this kind of just like everything fucking sucks, and I kind of don't know what to do about it right now. Yeah, like it's. I mean, and it hit me because that was it was very much a time where like. I was, you know, starting to drink and, like, had my first real, like, blackout fuck-up where, like, I woke up in a room and 20 people were in the next room and I was alone. And I was mm. like, oh, that's a bad sign. Uh, <laughs> and, like, you you think about, like, the self-pity that you're, you're so involved in, especially if you like emo in your early 20s, I think. And, like, to have a guy who's just like, oh, yeah, I'm, like, beating my knuckles into the floor until I'm bloody, and then I think about it, and I'm like, I'm just going to blame bad luck and not my own shitty excuses, like, my own <laughs> shitty behavior. And I was like, oh, man, it's 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 nice to have a guy realize the villain is him. Right. You know? Yeah. It's, and, but it's like, I'll blame it on bad luck and shake responsibility and say a hard life did this to me, 
Like it's yeah. it's all those people who you know who have like easily could just be okay if they would like cut their own bullshit and instead they're just like man just the whole life the world's out to get me and it's just like nah man sometimes it's just you being a fucking moron and making everybody scared. <laughs> uh yeah, that's that's so many guys, <laughs> like especially in this scene, yeah. like because this album came out in two thousand five, and I'm just like, I can think of like uh, an army of dudes who just like listen to this kind of music, but didn't like take any. They're just like, yeah, he's talking about what I'm talking about, but not like getting the lesson from it, and so like. Every few months they have a new girlfriend. They're like, the last girlfriend broke up with me. I'm not sure why. She must be a whore. And it's just like, no, because you're bad. You're stupid. Like, <laughs> it's not hard. But and there's also, I want to be 100% clear. There are also moments on this record that are, are troubling. But I also learned things from them. The We'll Be Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's I We'll Be Okay is the first time uh, I, I heard a lyric. And I was like, that's a great line. But also, you're a piece of shit for saying that. Uh, uh, we both learned or uh, i hope we both learned our lesson uh we'll be okay we both got what we wanted i got sex you got fame who used to now you've got all new friends but they don't know your name i'm just like okay that's a great line but also like you're being kind of a dick about this also who got famous off fucking bayside yeah well Uh, i mean it I'm sure there were there were like someone who had like a MySpace page or something. But. <laughs> right. Oh, MySpace fame. Yeah, Sorry, was... we have to define terms here. <laughs> I mean, I was gonna say I, I was gonna say Bayside used to tour all the time. I remember that. I mean, like that's and MySpace fame is such a fascinating concept to me. Like, I I'm 33 years old. I moved to Los Angeles two years ago. Uh, I have had people in the two years I have lived here be like, "Oh yeah, I uh, used to be kind of MySpace famous." Like that was a credit. And, uh, like, <laughs> but it was like for, for a certain subsect of people, like that was the, the entirety of their existence. And it's sort of right. this, like, it, it's this early wave of social media where like it's impacting the songs, but now it just seems like insane. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, because MySpace fame wasn't, isn't like Twitter famous or, or like Tumblr famous or something where, like the people who got famous off Twitter were well in the most recent years are usually racist piece of shit. But, uh, like before it was just like, Oh, this person makes a lot of jokes and they got a job from, uh, they got a comedy writing job from making jokes on Twitter. Like they met people who met people and all this stuff. And then MySpace famous was just like, why is this person famous again? Like they happen Duck to face. know somebody. Yeah, yeah. It's just like my is MySpace was the answer. But it also it's like, felt like th- the most important thing in the world. So like, <laughs> right? Like important enough that this dude was like, you know, this needs to go on my album. Uh, <laughs> and I think that's sort of bizarre. Like how it's how things have aged is fascinating <laughs> to me. But it's also I don't know. It's it's interesting like revisiting this because like it's definitely a record that meant the world to me when it came out. And mm-hmm. uh, it's definitely helped me through some things. And it's also, I feel, much more self-aware than a lot of the other stuff was. And it really made me, rec- like, right. igno- like, examine some of my motives. Because, like, even some of the shittier moments, like, lyrically, where he's being an asshole, if you read that out loud, you're like, oh, he's recognizing that he's being an asshole. 
Like, right. Like the opening of the track, the opening uh, of the album is a song called Hello Shitty. Uh, and the lyrics are, it seems like you're keeping me down. It just seems pointless to work this thing out. What's holding me back? A lifelong friendship's not worth it. I'll hide this one deep underground. And it's just like, oh, he's acknowledging he's a piece of shit. Like it's right. about him being like, all I want is to be in a relationship with you. But instead, all you want to do is give me a lifelong friendship. It's, I mean, like, for 2005, a guy being like, oh, man, I keep, I want to date this girl, and this bitch keeps just trying to, like, make me a lifelong friend. That's a forward-thinking idea for early emo misogyny. Uh, <laughs> oh, the progressiveness of early emo misogyny. Is oh, such man, a... it's sometimes, the, the apologetics of what bands you still can enjoy because they haven't been revealed to be monsters is going to be a fascinating uh, musical subsect of theory for a while. <laughs> So, right. so this was something that came up because you were talking about how uh, some of these songs have not aged well. And I love when bands go back to redo stuff. And I was uh, looking up uh, because Kevin Devine did an album a couple of years ago that he just reinvented and re-released. Not as like an acoustic version, but like revisiting all the songs because he already didn't like some stuff. And as I was looking that up, I saw that in September he joined Brand New as a touring member. And yesterday he left Brand New. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I completely missed that part of it. <laughs> oh man, that's uh, that was I, like it was all. That's also been like on my mind a lot this week. So it was like I was like, oh man, I'm prepared to talk about this Bayside album that I really like because like musically, it's it it combines the Smoking Popes and skate punk in a way that uh, no one, including them, really ever did the same way. And right, uh, I, it's like such a great record. And then all of this shit with Brand New happened, and I literally have not been able to think about anything but how angry i am about brand new and also how completely honest that cat was about what a piece of shit he was if you pay attention to their lyrics uh this is an important (laughs) point to do a brief aside for people that don't know uh we have a podcast that uh references a brand new song we have a closing line that references a brand new song and we have new podcast artwork that references brand new artwork and this week there were accusations made against the lead singer of brand new who like this has become this is also part of the same conversation with Louis CK if an artist constantly tells you exactly who they are and what kind of bullshit they're on to what degree can you be surprised or outraged when you find out that they are exactly who they have always always told everyone around them that they are and, and as a, a longtime fan of Robert Unglin who uh played Freddy Krueger, a uh, serial-killing child molester who's never hurt anyone, I'm okay with artists talking about something and then not doing it. Uh, (laughs) I'm okay with you singing about being a scoundrel. Just don't actually be a monster. Me and Terrence have had a number of conversations about this through the week where we were like, do we change the name or the podcast artwork? And we're like, no, that doesn't belong to that guy. That belongs to us. And we're able to say, fuck him, just like I was able to go see a death from above concert last week and not have it totally ruined for me, except for the fact that then their management tried to explain to me that they're actually really nice guys <laughs> and that this was all blown out of proportion. And the more that they uh, yelled at me, that's been debunked, which isn't yeah. uh, the way you just uh, sum any of that up. The more I was like, okay, this actually makes me feel worse. Don't do what be, we're doing. I would be far more bothered that death from above played anything they'd released in the last decade. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Bazinga. No, they're they're easily the best car commercial band in the world. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's I, that's oh, Jonathan. God. The brand new shit's really fucked with me all week, and it's uh, like 
it's very. I'll give my. Man, I'll give my two cents. <laughs> yeah, let's give Terrence some time on, on his own show so, here. No, I was gonna say, uh, brand new is my favorite band, uh, and Deja Nintendo is probably it was one of my favorite albums of all time. Mm-hmm. But also, fuck J.C. Lacey. Like I don't like he doesn't own the emotions that album made me feel. He doesn't own like the he doesn't own that shit. Like fuck it. Like he did something awful. Like he can go fuck himself. Like yeah, I don't. And I think that was instigated through this was that like we had people on Twitter adding me and and Terrence about stuff that's like maybe you should distance yourself and stuff. And uh, Terrence was expressing to me this sort of thing that uh, I my wife goes through a lot as as a feminist writer online, which is that people uh, basically force uh, emotional labor on you that you need to go live through everyone's apologies and long rants and read mm-hmm. all the things. And then it's your job to come back and report to them your findings. And at some point, uh, as Darren said, I don't need to listen to every white guy's apology. There's just not yeah. enough time in the world for that. I, I think for me, the the biggest issue with the brand new, and it actually does kind of tie in with Bayside. Uh, I have, uh, I, I, I'm a young, I'm the youngest child, but my wife has, um, a kid brother and a kid sister and we've been i've been with her for 15 years i've watched those kids grow up and i was a really big influence in their life musically um like i when the stray light run demos came out i burned cd copies of it for my little brother and my little sister and was like here this will be important someday it wasn't but i tried <laughs> uh <laughs> and like i like stray light run. yeah and i but i got <laughs> i got uh my little sister kelly into brand new and i got her into ba- uh, bayside and, um, like, took her to shows, and, like, anytime I was like, oh, it's like, these people are playing, like, a cool, like, acoustic thing, I would, like, drive her hours to go see stuff, and, like, that became a very important part of her life, and it's, for me, the, the reflections that I've been having are the, the times I didn't ever think to consider I wasn't taking her into a safe space, and the fact that she was, like, very easily in like she was thank god just a little bit too young to be preyed on god what a terrible sentence but where i'm it's interesting when like my brother introduced me to punk and i never got to have that sensation and then i did and Mm -hmm. now this week i'm thinking like oh man how narrowly i dodged a bullet bringing a beautiful like objectively beautiful teenage girl to these shows and then being like, Oh yeah, let me, you should try to meet the bands. Bands aren't assholes. And like all these, it's been very, it's weird. Cause like I have my feelings about the records, but then I have my feelings about the records that I share with my family who I introduce them to. And I'm like, what if something had happened? It's very, it's been a real weird week. In the and Michael, you have email. you have your parents visiting right now and your parents are also musicians. And I've thought about this in this same way with my family. Like, uh, my dad's never going to feel bad for introducing me to Pink Floyd or the Rolling Stones and or the Eagles. And we watch documentaries where they just talk about like, we rubbed cocaine on our balls and then we fucked everything that moved for 45 years. Yeah. And like, we can all like share like a laugh about that. And I feel like our generation is now the first generation to have to be like, you've talked about like apologetic for who we've exposed uh, the people under us and our families yeah. to because uh, this is going to be a part of what our thing is. And like, uh, I was talking to somebody in a record store the other day, and they were like, what's going to happen when the accusations against Mick Jagger start coming out? And I was like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> but it's, it's, like, also, it's just not going to happen. It's about accessibility, too. I think one of the reasons right. it hurts so much when uh, we're dealing with um, 
I think one of the reasons it hurts so much when you're dealing with punk and like band, emo and like subculture is this is you're never going to be backstage with the Rolling Stones. You're never going to like <laughs> you know like there's it's not even and the the songs aren't designed to make you feel the same things. The songs aren't designed to make you get through a day when you want to pick up a razor blade. The songs are designed to make Mick Jagger look like a badass. And like a lot of the I think one of the reasons the betrayals seem worse when an emo band takes advantage of their fans is because the songs are written in a way that it is it is written in the fucking name. This is supposed to help with your emotions. This is supposed to make you feel something. And it's someone preying on your weakest moments and the art that makes you feel comfortable to get a physical reaction out of you. And I think that's where it becomes. It, 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 it almost is like a mind game for the, everyone who ever was like, oh, that guy's just singing about something. Mick Jagger was never a safe space. They bragged about <laughs> Oh my God. You know, like... <laughs> No one, no one at a Led Zeppelin show was like, "What? What are they doing backstage?" And you assumed they were a piece of shit. I think to a certain degree, but I don't know. I think, I think that's why the betrayal the, makes it worse for me. Is like the the connection and the emotional connections I felt with a lot of these bands is I was like, "There, I could be that guy if I had just learned to play guitar." He's singing about what I'm singing, you know? Right. I think uh, why it doesn't bother me. Like, uh, Brock had texted me, and he was just like, he was like, I know how you feel about Brand New. And I was just like, he did a shitty thing. And I had, like, I'm not going to apologize. Like, I'm not going to stand up for him. Like, he didn't do shit for me. Um, but also, like, I went to so many shows growing up, uh, being a teenager and everything, and, like, trying to meet bands that I liked. And, like, they would never... They never talked to me the same way they talked to young girls that were around. Like I We have literally done girl. so many episodes where you have had this aside about meeting these bands. Like, well, I right. wasn't a hot teenage girl, so they didn't give me the time of day. Which, yeah, so, and like that happened. Show us where on, I the, was like, that happened. Show us where on the doll the band friend zoned you. <laughs> I was like, they... <laughs> I was like, they... Like, they... Like, they wouldn't talk to me the same way. Like, I would see them talk to a girl. They were like, oh, yeah, you should... Uh, where are you from? What are you? What are you doing? And I sign every single thing, and then I'll try to be like, "Hey, I really like your stuff." Yeah, okay. And then they sign something, and then like toss toss it back to me. I'm just like, "Cool. I guess I w- I'm not a real person. I can see what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. All right, bye." So like in my <laughs> head, like like none of these guys are really good dudes. They have the same problems that 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 I go through, but they're not like people that I ever want to hang out with. And that's sort of what I hope that comes from this for uh, people that are like slightly younger than my sister or, or like my, my cousin who is 18 right now and who I introduce music to in the same way is that hopefully by us blowing up everyone, them and every generation under them just goes into everything, not expecting a hero out of anyone. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I mean, like, if, if we collectively lower that bar, I think that that protects a lot of people. <laughs> for sure. And I think that that's going to be like one of the I mean, one of the positive things that comes out of this really shitty situation is uh, I, I think that people are going to I mean, I think it's already been happening to a certain degree. I think it's kind of telling that the bands that are getting exposed right now are all the band like no one's like no one's surprised, I guess, to a certain degree. Uh, to use right. to use like a modern example, like if it came out that someone from like modern baseball had done this, I feel like that would be, I like I feel like that would put kids' lives at risk to a certain degree because like they have they they are a symbol of 
uh, positive mental health and safe spaces and treating your fans with respect. And like, I think a lot of uh, the early emo bands that of like this generation that are getting outed, and then some of the ones that are just from this generation that are getting outed, have never actually like claimed to be decent. They were, but oh, because yeah, they no. were related to punk and related to the underground, we were like, oh, good. They're not like all those cock rockers out there who are just trying to bang all their fans. <laughs> yes. You know? that, that's that's the thing about punk that it's, I never got. It's at least, unfair like, to assume they're not shitty. <laughs> it, right. Like, that. that's one of the things that I never got about, like, like any of the punk that came out from, like, like pop punk, emo, post-hardcore, any of those genres like there was always this assumption of just like they're just like me man i'm just like like no like not at all like like (laughs) but it's but it's designed to make you feel like it is i yeah it's yeah but turns out good charlotte was trying to fuck (laughs) right like that's i was like i was like have you hang around with any musician like (laughs) any musician any any guy who played guitar when I that I knew when I was like nineteen years old is just like yeah this dude's definitely trying to fuck this girl like like of course like so if these guys who are playing like thirty person concerts in a in a garage somewhere are doing this like of course the guys who are way up top no well not even way up top who are just like opening at Warped Tour like of course they're doing the same thing so I never put any sort of any sort of weight into into these people none (laughs) like none like i admired them but i wasn't it wasn't like it was like uh i always accepted that somebody was gonna do something shitty because i'm black and i have to deal with racist white people all the time god damn it i I think that for a lot of it, I tried, I think for a lot of my life, I tried, how do I say this? I grew up listening to War on Zevon. Like, I was obsessed with War on Zevon. And when a lot of the punk stuff that I tried to find, I tried to find the dark humor. And I think that one of my blind spots in art that I've always, like, had a, a kind of issue with is I assume everything is sarcastic. Uh, mm-hmm. And now, now, and now, like, going back, Especially, it, I feel like it it sucks the most because, like, Deja is my favorite brand new record. And, like, reading those lyrics now, it's like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, it's... Yeah. I mean, like, just down to the fact, like, you don't recover from a night like this. A victim's still lying in bed completely motionless. A hand moves in the dark to a zipper. Hear a boy bracing tight against sheets. Barely whisper, this is so messed up. For fuck's sake. Like, how... <laughs> right. Like, I'm, I, I... That... You, how do you separate that now? Like that's and that, but as a kid, I was like, "Oh man, this is a song about like, this is a warning. This is a song about like the the things that we were like, the 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 people who take advantage of these folks." And I was like, "Man, you're talking about uh, this in a very real way. You're you're providing a warning for like your fans and all this." And now it, it was a warning. Right. But about Stay away from him. Uh, <laughs> so it's. It's interesting, but I think that I mean, kind of tying it back to to Bayside. Um, <laughs> I as we were ta- as we, this episode is supposed to be about. Uh, it's I think that's one of the things that I like again about the self titled record is like a lot of the other stuff has this. A lot of other shit is written in third person, and mm-hmm. uh, Anthony is always the person committing the crimes in his songs. 
mm-hmm. you know like it's the the monstrous moments where i'm like fuck how do i rationalize that as a fan i'm rationalizing it with him to the point where like he's one of the few dudes who's come back and been like i wouldn't write a song like dear tragedy you know and right like now i wouldn't write a song about like decapitating someone who hurt me right you know Man, I remember when this album came out, like I saw them I saw them uh tour uh for this album and that was the that was the same tour that the uh that the drummer died the on that uh yeah, uh on that uh the victory tour. They had Good lord, I remember I cuz I remember that tour because they it was like the night after they played the night after or like the 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 stop before they came to Virginia was the stop that the uh that the, the yeah um so that was a that was a weird they played acoustic it was just uh it was just anthony and i can't remember the other guy's name uh, Jack. um yes uh it was just them playing uh acoustically and it was that was a somber ass show Jesus it was like Christ. <laughs> yeah it was like them and silverstein and aiden and hawthorne heights yeah, why do you remember? I was that? a music journalist. Uh, oh, because because that was uh, every opening act. It was yeah, always Silverstein. Right. It's always been Silverstein. Uh, There's eight Silversteins touring at all times. I will say it was Silver. Silverstein headlined so many fucking shows. Like, I still like Silverstein, like, but they sound like great, and they did an album, a minute and a half long skate punk songs. They're, that's all you have to do to suck up to me. Uh, um, I saw the. I, I want. I don't know if it was the first full band tour, but it was like one, either the first or the second after they uh, started playing uh, as a full band again. And I think also that's part mm-hmm. of why it's so close to me because they were opening for the Smoking Popes when they reunited. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to see them in like hell at the Masquerade in Atlanta, which is like I think it holds like three or four hundred kids, and there were probably like seventy to a hundred people there. And, like, Smokey Popes is one of my favorite bands of all time. And Bayside, at the time, was, like, my favorite band. And seeing them in that thing, I was just like, oh, man, I'm getting in on this, like, underground shit. And, like, it's, I don't know. I think that it's a place and time thing for me to a certain degree. So, like, if I'm being honest, I think there's, like, it hit me at a very important moment. And I saw them at an important right. moment in, like, their survival as a band. Right. You know? Like, it's... There's a certain like, oh yeah, I saw the I saw the stones at Altamont like quality about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, um, yeah, that was uh, I, I I met them uh, at Warp Tour, uh, and they were they were like super nice guys, and uh, it was right it was before the Walking Wounded came out. I want to say I saw them at Warp Tour. Yeah, um, and like I, I, they going back to like bands not talking to me because I'm not a girl. Like they didn't treat me like that, which I appreciated because, uh, when you said Aiden, that was definitely one of the guys who was just like, Oh, you're not a girl. Like you can, you can get out of here. Well, I mean, sometimes a band is protecting you from their shitty music by being rude. Uh, <laughs> I listened to that album. All right. I liked that album when I first heard it. And then like, it was like, like literally within months, I was just like, I'm I'm done with this. That's uh, like I don't. Aiden is the first band I ever asked a PR person to not send me information about. <laughs> <laughs> Which again, I feel like the the hubris of the era, where you're like, I write for a zine, I'm important. But I was just like straight up like, don't send me. I was like, you're wasting money if you send me a promo of this band. Like, 
<laughs> I won't. I won't ever say anything nice about them, and they seem like bad people. Uh, that was literally just because I, I didn't like their music. I had no idea if they were good or bad people. <laughs> it was just uh, I was a piece uh, of shit. And the lead really singer was kind of a dick. I'm so not surprised. I'm not gonna... He's also like five feet tall. Oh, that's kind of. Uh, I don't know. Napoleon complex is sort of sweet to me. <laughs> I like. He, he, I remember. I you remember. have the weirdest emotional line ends, John Michael. Oh man! If you're short in the dick, I at least understand. If you're six hey, one, remember, and rude, get the fuck out of here. I have no excuses. <laughs> I remember one show they played. Uh, he like jumped off of like the highest part of the concert venue, uh, but anybody could catch him because he's five feet tall and like ninety pounds. So it was just like. That's yeah. Uh, I saw the dude from Dillinger Escape Plan jump off of a balcony, and I was like, "You're small, yeah. but you're also all muscle." <laughs> One hundred and fifty pounds like of pure bowling ball. The... Yeah, like he's, you're just sexual energy and fire falling from the sky. Uh, <laughs> I may have outed myself as uh, who I think is the sexiest man in rock and roll, but uh, yeah, I, Mike don't Patton. Don't anything is odd to me. <laughs> Just don't kill your fans. I'm, I feel like that's that used to be my standard. Now it's gotten much stronger. <laughs> weird, weird rule. I don't know. I just fell down a uh, down a Wikipedia hole again. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, favorite uh, part of the show. <laughs> uh, I was I was looking up the band. I was like, I wonder if Aiden is still together. Yeah. Uh, they they broke up last year. How do I still know things about a band I hate that much? <laughs> <laughs> they, they broke up last year. The lead singer has a son named Phineas because I guess he hates his son. Um, <laughs> I mean, you could have but named his was... kid something infinitely worse, like Aiden. <laughs> uh, uh, you could have named him Edema. Um, oh, man. Who? Oh, God. What was that song Edema had? Um, Inside You? I don't remember how it goes, but I just remember, I just remember that band. Yeah, if you're... Uh, giving up was their big hit, but uh, I, I hung out with a lot of new metal kids in high school. Uh, that's because new metal was everywhere in the early two thousands. Yeah, you it was like everyone was like everyone like, thought I was cutting edge because I liked Glassjaw and they got to go on tour with the Deftones. <laughs> so I was just like, oh. <laughs> I'm like pushing up my my glasses, just like, oh, oh yeah, this is my pavement version of misogyny. I'm underground. It was great. <laughs> oh, pavement misogyny! I, <laughs> I don't have time for your static X. Um, uh, Terrence, but... I feel like you're pushing it. <laughs> ah! Oh, good God! Um, <laughs> so uh, as I fall further down this Wikipedia hole, like the lead singer of Aiden, like had his own uh, bibliography. Like he he uh, wrote books and did like albums. And all this stuff, and he's also appeared on other, uh, other albums for some one for some band called Blood on the Dance Floor, yes. which is also a, pedophiles. N- I don't even know who they are. I've never even heard they of. Were, them. That's literally all I know. Uh, I, you, I've seen them. Oh, this is how you know Blood on the va- Dance Floor. Uh, do you remember the a video? A couple. It was probably God, probably seven or eight years ago, maybe. And it was about the like an angry redneck dad screaming at a webcam talking yeah, about yeah, like, yeah. we're gonna backtrace no. the police call we're gonna backtrace this and all that shit um, yes i remember yes. that. the backstory of that is uh his daughter had in tears confessed that the uh singer of blood on the dance floor had uh abused her 
the band released a diss track against her and then sent all of their fans to like shit on her and then harassed her so much that her dad uh who also was an abusive man uh screamed at the thing and then we all saw the, the camera and we all saw a funny like web clip and the backstory got real lost for a minute and uh <laughs> so yeah this has been going on forever oh jesus what like this band has been around since 2006 i've never even heard well, of them like what you weren't were, I, I, were you ever seen no yeah, they were big with the scenes Okay. What, like, did, did they did they get one album? They got like one album out, right? No, they have like four or five albums. No, they have. Let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine albums, and a new one came out this year. Uh, yeah, that, that's um, I stopped working with a publicity company because they were supporting that band. <laughs> oh. Uh, <sighs> yeah, that's fuck blood on the dance floor and everything that we stand for. Uh, they're God, that's. It's, it's sort of interesting because, like, the fans that I... I've, I've held on to Bayside through all these, like, through all these years uh, yeah. in the way that a lot of... I've dropped a lot of the things. And thanks to Spotify, sometimes I'll pull stuff up that I, I wonder, like, what Matchbook Romance still sounds like. And, like, there's... <laughs> broke up after two yeah, albums. Their second album is incredible and their first one is A Crime Against Humanity. And, like, you have... Probably, I like that first album! That's okay, you can be wrong. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> they, no, but, like, that's... I was reading an interview with uh, Bayside where they were talking about how, like, they're in this weird space that is sort of occupied by, like, Alkaline Trio, where they still have, like, young fans, but they also have mm. old fans who don't listen to any other emo bands but them. Right. And I think, like, part of it is because they continued to grow and, like, they evolved their sound over the years and kept putting out interesting records uh, and things like that, but also because, like, they never blew up that big so i think they just like always mm-hmm. felt like a cool comfortable thing to follow um right but it like it's true i don't listen to a lot of that stuff anymore but i will always still listen to them it's very odd to me <laughs> i am their target yeah. demographic i feel like the menzingers are going to end up in this space <laughs> say, i've never listened to them so i have no idea what i made brock cry once by playing them a video <laughs> playing their video yeah they're that good Sorry to out you, Brock. I don't. I was like, I don't know if that's sarcasm no. or not. I can't tell. Um, <laughs> uh, the, their single "After the Party" from their current record is uh, one of my favorite. Like, it's, my wife and I listen to it and dance in the kitchen all the time. But the music video, mm. the first time I saw it, like made me sob uncontrollably because it is a beautiful depiction of a long-term relationship in its worst and best moments. I got gotcha. you. Um, I, you were talking about crying, and I was thinking about how many times I've cried to the song "Don't Call Me Peanut," um, because I you used to get called. I had a no. I had a semi relationship that reminds me of that song, um, because this girl that this is like the first girl that I ever had like a major crush on, um, and like I didn't see her for years, and then she like. <laughs> This is how long ago this was. She messaged me on MySpace, and she was like, uh, "She was like, we should get." Uh, she was like, "Hey, I haven't seen you in forever. We should get together." I was like, "Yeah, that'd be fun." And like, come to find out, she like had a kid, and she's living with the guy and his parents who had who she had the kid by. And then like, we kept talking, and she was like, uh, "She was like, 
do you ever see us dating? And like, I told her no. Like, even though I really wanted to, I told her no, just because I was like, there's too much here. All of this is, all of this is way too much. And like the, this, the song, uh, especially the, I may have your heart. He has your body. So, yeah. uh, line like definitely reminds me of that. And I'm just like, uh, then I ran into her again years later and it was awkward again because she said something. She said, uh, I went to her, <laughs> cut, I went to her cousin's wedding uh, because I like I've known I've known her family since I was like eight years old or whatever, and uh, at least her at least my one of, one of my best friends growing up is her cousin, and I went to his I went to his sister his baby sister's wedding, now, his baby sister's getting married because she got pregnant by some guy. But uh, uh, um, hold on one second, I have to let someone into my house. <laughs> okay, edit point. Edit point. Y'all kept saying edit point on your fucking podcast. And I was just like, okay, wait. Do they want me to edit this out or not? Uh, weirdly, no, on one of them at least. <laughs> yeah, there was there was two of them where you're both like, edit point. And then you're just like, no, we're just going to leave this in for Terrence. I, I just love to directly address you. That's what kind of friend you are. <laughs> I'm, the mis- I'm, mysteri- I'm the mysterious editor. He's leaving notes, dropping notes for me in the middle of the... Uh, the podcast <laughs> nice I had a gin and, uh, not a, uh, gin and juice Hey y'all! I gotta wrap up in a couple of minutes. We can do that. So, Terrence, so continue your wedding. story. At a point. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> went to a wedding, and uh, I hadn't like once again. It had been many years since I had seen her, and she introduces me to her husband as the guy she almost married, and I was like, "That's cool." I'm gonna go this way now and drown myself. <laughs> so that's did he actually drown himself? My... No, I. Oh, said you that. okay? I, I. She introduced me oh. to her husband Oof. as the guy she almost married. I mean, I feel like that's. I feel like that's. I mean, it's her special day. She can hurt you, but uh. <laughs> it's, no, it is not her wedding. Oh, got it. It's her cousin's wedding, oh. and she's already married. This is terrible. It's, it's a. <laughs> That li- yes, tell me about it. And I'm just like that was one of the moments I was just like, I need to, I need to leave this town forever and oh, never look. So back. you just made a mixtape of 14 different Less Than Jake songs. <laughs> I don't listen to Less. You than should. Jake. All their songs are about leaving town. So, they're about leaving a cousin's wedding. <laughs> they're like 48 they, years old and still I, really pissed about living a, in Gainesville. Are they a ska band? They're they sound like Screeching Weasel with horns. That doesn't help. <laughs> they sound like Blink-182 with horns. 
Okay, that does help. No, I don't want to listen to that. <laughs> uh, it helps, but it hinders. That's the name of our podcast. <laughs> Is that uh, where you choose between uh, a new metal band and a pop punk band? No. It helps, but hinders? Okay. Uh, that's a, uh, <laughs> ah, ah, ah. Well, I've burned a bunch of bridges. Uh, uh, but not the altar bridge. That's what we're listening to next. Fucking, fucking new metal. <laughs> um... You just have a whole podcast about just like, hey, remember this awful band? Yeah, I thought that was the theme of this. They're, 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 still, <laughs> they're still together. Um, so, since we've, we've reached about the end of the show, uh, would you guys still tell people to listen to this album? Like, you'd just be like, hey, it's a good album. Listen yeah, to it. I, uh, I, definitely, I definitely put some qualifiers on it uh, from time mm-hmm. to time. I... Uh, I let people, there's like there's like two or three songs on it where the lyrics are a little over the top to the point where I'm like, hey, just you know, be aware of the last song and, uh, you know, it was a different time, man. But uh, right. I, I still recommend it to a bunch of people, especially uh, the, since Spoken Popes have kind of had a resurgence. Uh, I don't know if I feel like they're in a, a moment where people, it's like Pinkerton with Weezer, where like people are just discovering their records in a dollar bin and they're like, oh, these are great. Uh, I've I've, been, right. I've encouraged a bunch of people uh, who like smoking popes or even modern baseball to check it out. Um, I, and just also from the standpoint, like anytime I have a metalhead friend who's like, "What's like a melodic band I could listen to?" I always point to Bayside because they have like Iron Maiden lead guitar solos in the middle of these very sweet pop songs. You know? <laughs> yeah, dude's a struck. Uh, I liked it. I also wanted to share. Uh, They're babies. <laughs> I also wanted to share because we love to talk about on the show uh, when people can play or sing the songs versus what they record. Uh, regarding the song "Dear Tragedy," there's a quote from Anthony in a 2014 interview about the song. "Quote: I can't play it and sing it. Parts of it are in ten eight, and then the time signature changes. It goes to three. Then there's ten eight, and there's uh, quarter time." And 4-4 four, four within the song, the time signature changes, tempo changes. It's really high in my range also. It's not even an option for me to play and sing at the same time. But people ask to hear it all the time, so we do play it. And I can't grab the mic. I can't even do it. It's impossible for me. <laughs> they're the only band that when they're like, what are your influences? They're like Broadway musicals. They actually mean it. They write, They have like weird time <laughs> signatures and melodies and like <laughs> secondary harmonies and shit like all over the place. Uh, I would tell people to, like you said, I would give some caveats. It's kind of the same as uh, Saves the Days through being cool, um, where it's just like, I still enjoy this album, but it also reminds me of a time where I enjoy this album more than I did uh, now because uh, lyrics weren't really, didn't have the same sort of... Fight? Uh, uh, yeah, that's the word. Yeah, like... <laughs> Like back then, it was just like, "Yeah, I'm an angry, I'm angry," and now it's just like, "This is awkward." Uh, but yeah, I would still recommend this album. I recommend. Um, I didn't listen to a lot of their stuff out of the Walking Wounded, mostly just because I fell off, not because I was just like, "I don't want to listen to this band anymore." Um, I just kind of fell off and f- kind of discovered other music. Sure. Um, uh, but yeah, I would recommend Bayside as a band. Like all around. I would, uh, if you haven't um, listened since Walking Wounded, I would listen to all of their stuff. Uh, they put out a new record this year that's fantastic and has a song called Mary, which is the best song Tom Petty didn't write. Uh, <laughs> like it, it sounds like a Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers song, uh, 
for that was like released on a lookout comp. Like it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, check out their their other stuff. They have continuously put out interesting records with great musicianship and fun lyrics and blah 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 blah. John Michael Bond. Where can we find you on uh, the you internet? You can find me on Twitter at Bond John Bond or Instagram at John Michael's Mistakes. Uh, and I help run a monthly show at Meltdown uh, called The Hard Times Live. Oh, it's a spinoff of the website Hard Times. And uh, when does this go up? Uh, the not this week, but next cool. week. Cool. If uh, when this has come up, we'll you'll have just missed our last our uh, most current show. Uh, but we're a, uh, introducing our new co-host, Ella Gale, who is a wonderful comic from Austin, who lives in Los Angeles now and writes far more on the site than I do. So uh, come and support Hard Times. Hard Times. It's uh, third Sunday of the month until 2018, and then we'll be the fourth Sunday of the month at uh, Meltdown Comics. Or Nerd continue, to, continue to miss all of John Michael's work wherever you can. Please do. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've managed to have a career as a writer with almost no one reading anything I write, and it's something I'm very proud of. <laughs> I love the hard times. Um, uh, Brock. Yes. Where do, what are you doing? I have a new podcast with my wife called Missouri Loves Company that Terrence edits. Please look it up on the hey. iTunes. Give it a look-see. I'm at Brock Wilbur on Twitter. And Terrence, what do you got? Uh, I've got nothing. Um, you can, I'm just on the internet as the black nerd. No spaces. I'm not that other guy who people seem to think I am. Uh, I don't care about your 80s nostalgia, so don't tweet at me. I, I literally had somebody uh, in Kansas City this week ask, like, is which one is he? <laughs> and there's another guy, and he like focuses on a lot of like nostalgia, 80s and 90s nostalgia, and I'm just like. I hate nostalgia. Like it's kind of been ruined for me by the the entire internet. So uh, anytime anyone suspects I'm him, I'm just like, no, no, that's not me. Um, but uh, both of us, me and Brock, are both on Twitter at Coolest Kids Pod. You can tweet us there um, and uh, review our show on iTunes because that helps a whole lot. And, uh, it, like, when you review shows and stuff, it increases visibility. It doesn't just, just, it's not just, like, making us feel better on the inside. Um, it actually helps out a whole lot. Uh, you guys got anything else? Uh, nope. That's all. That's all. John, thank you. Thank you so much for being on our Thanks show. Thanks for having me. Burn your brand uh, new records. Talk about... <laughs> God damn it. I don't own, I don't own any physical copies. I, do I don't either anymore. Oh. Um, if anyone would like to buy my brand new records at full cost, they are more than welcome to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for talking about Bayside and all the <laughs> shitty stuff that happens in the scene. Uh, go check out John's work. Uh, as always, we are the coolest kids, and we take what we can get. Thank you guys for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.